Elliott's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Exciting Friday, good news Friday, no conflict Friday. Ari's across the way, Finley Toyota Studios. Adam Candy coming to us from Parts Unknown. Candy, what's going on, buddy? Um, I'm going to need to talk to our vast sound crew about the level of my headphones because I literally just threw the headphones off me when that happened. When, when you yelled into that microphone, I thought that this would be the last Friday of my existence. You'll want to talk to the head of IT for that one. I will let him know via the vast, vast production IT track. and sound crew. There you go. I assume uh, two it's separate one things. person. Two separate things. Well, the strange thing is we do that every Friday. You got to be ready. Got to be ready. Come on, pump it up. Adam, get your no, energy no. up. Let's no, go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down a little bit. Just calm down just a little bit. All right, let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Right out of the gates, giveaway time, 364-1100-364-1100. Happy holidays, everybody. The press box continues to come through with prizes for us. So you have won a Port of Subs tailgate tray. That's not everyone in the audience. That's for caller 7, 364-1100-364-1100. Port of Subs tailgate tray. Ari's going to hook you up. Caller 7, six-foot sub all chopped up from Port of Subs, 20-plus locations around town. You also qualify for a brand-new Yeti cooler. It's all brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars Las Vegas. Yeti goes out. At the end of the month. All right. Dun, 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 dun. All right, Candy. This theme of the day is COVID, 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 COVID. Sucks. Don't like to do sports radio like this, but my God, it's flying right in our face here with all the infections and COVID protocols across the world of sports uh, to bang through some of the cancellations, some of the changes. UCLA's game against uh, North Carolina on Saturday. Here in town, now canceled. That means both of the original matchups are canceled over at the Fortress. But two of the teams did come together. Kentucky and North Carolina will happen in a 5.30 start now. It was uh, supposed to be an afternoon doubleheader. So college basketball will go on, but just one game, Adam Candy at T-Mobile. All right, quick timeout. Some tech issues. Let's go to break. We'll reset. Get ready to rock and roll here. Coach Joe is going to join us in just a little bit on college basketball. Also uh, got Xavier Pope in the house on some of the legal issues around sports and his take on what's going on with COVID and also with Urban Meyer and the Jags. It's your favorite show of the year on Cofield and Company, Festivus. This is mainly for Steve and Adam. When going live on video, can you use a head shrinking filter or try some downward angles? When you're on location, I can't see anything in the background because I'm looking at 200 pounds of face. Sweaty, panting, unhealthy to the max face. 
Happy Festival. Next Wednesday, during Cofield and Company, call in to give the guys the business on ESPN Las Vegas. We're talking about vaccinated players only. No change in the rules for unvaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you're not showing symptoms and you tested positive, it has now become easier for you to quote-unquote test back in. They're using different kinds of tests and applying different standards. And the key thing for people to understand is what they've changed. It's not a binary, are you positive, are you negative? It's how contagious are you? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. Bells will be ringing. Yeah, we got schedule changes all over the world of sports, including the NFL, including your Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, COVID hitting hard. We got uh, one half of our big college basketball tournament at T-Mobile tomorrow. That got wiped out. Uh, football team suffering with 25-plus names on the COVID list, including their top two quarterbacks, Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. Sean Payton, Saints coach, probably out COVID for the Buccaneers games. The Rams... Buccaneers game. The Rams are up to 29 folks in COVID protocol, and we know we've been tracking the Browns. Browns have a chance now to get some folks with a couple of negative tests back to the roster. That'll be very touch and go throughout the weekend, and what it means is the Raiders game against the Browns has now moved to Monday at a very fan-friendly 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Vikings and Bears should be moved. Don't care about what the previous obligations are. That game sucks and means nothing. Actually put the Raiders in East Coast primetime so we can watch the game, not 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But, yeah, Washington and the Eagles, Seahawks and the Rams also moving to Tuesday. Uh, yeah, we mentioned yesterday, Candy, that the NFL did need to move the games. There there are a lot of weird circumstances here that I and questions I have that I want answered throughout the show, but uh, – the NFL had to do this because it was getting kind of crazy, especially for the first game coming up with the Browns. They weren't going to get the bulk of these, you know, 18, 19, 20-plus players back. They were not. They were going to put an inferior product onto the field. They were going to make the games impossible to bet. And let's remember the fact that the NFL is in very deep with a number of sports books now, right? They have three tri-exclusive partners. They have four more sportsbook partners that they deal with they need to take betting seriously and it's almost impossible to bet on the games when these players are being put on the COVID list seemingly hourly more important than that though Kofi I think the thing we have to look at and not compare to last year and just deal with this as its own thing last year when these COVID situations were coming through for the most part there were no vaccinations available for most of the season nobody was vaccinated so really the only recourse we had was to try to act the right way. So I think we all got a little bit huffy if we were people who were trying to do the right thing and someone else got COVID and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you weren't doing the right thing, were you? Well, more than 90% of the NFL is vaccinated. 90% plus of players are vaccinated. And we're still having outbreaks at these numbers. We are now pushing toward 8% of total NFL players who are vaccinated. It's a different situation. It's harder to avoid with this new variant, and the NFL did the only thing it could do in this situation, which is respond to the reality that's in front of it right now. Even vaccinated players are going to get this. What's the percentage of vaccinated players around the league? I don't know the exact number over 90%, but I know it's more than 90%. Okay. Do you believe that? Yes. I don't. Absolutely, I do. I don't. 
Uh oh, Mark Davis got to you. Mar- no, I don't. I don't. You're, you're a conspiracy theorist with him. I, we've already seen two big name players who probably counted as part of the vaxxed in Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown. I actually I don't know that Aaron Rodgers I, ever did. I, I, I don't. don't think I, I don't. I don't believe when people say that teams and organizations are 100 percent vaccinated. I don't believe it. Okay, so pick. So put a number on it. I don't. How many, that's, how well, many, that's well, how would, many do you think are that, faking that's, it? Then? That's what I would like to know. Um, I don't believe the NFL numbers. And again, I agree with you. The days of punitive action, because that's what this all was. When they had talked about forfeits during the summer, it was if there were a bunch of uh, unvaccinated players who caused an outbreak situation where the team didn't have enough players. If we're going by the NFL numbers, you're right. There aren't enough unvaccinated players to freaking blame for this, nor should they be blamed because you don't know where COVID comes from. It could come from someone vaccinated or unvaccinated. What I would like is a little more clarity. A little more full disclosure, because I will tell you, if the Browns aren't near 100% and it's 13 guys who are unvaccinated who tested positive, then the Browns game should not be moved. Now, now, if it's two, that's different, but they're not going to give us full disclosure here. So, I, I actually, I do believe the Raiders based on last year. Remember, the Raiders had COVID issues on their offensive line. The NFL chose not to move the game back, but actually forward on a given Sunday. They went from snuff Sunday night football to earlier in the day. So, yeah, the Raiders look back at that and they're like, wait a second. We had our game bumped up, and now we believe we're doing the right thing. I mean, Candy, you have to admit, if... Now, it might just be a great stroke of luck, um, but I don't know that that's entirely the case. The Raiders, I think, have learned their lesson from last year. They got dinged to the tune of like $1.2 million between the organization and the coach. So I don't blame Mark Davis for being a little bit salty and puffing his chest out and going, well, you know what? Based on what I see, it looks like we're doing the right thing. What is going on in Cleveland? That's such a load of crap for Mark Davis and from you when it comes to the Raiders having a right to be salty about this. Why? Because they're the ones who lucked out in this situation? Is it entirely lucking out? What? What? The Browns, what, the Browns started handing out COVID once they got to like 10 Dude, cases to I try have, to get to 20? I have no idea what was going on in their facility. I'm sure there won't be some full-scale investigation. I have no idea. Where masking was, I have no idea. Could have been everyone there was all loose about safety. So what? Or so it, So you want to know if it's that? You want to know if what half the Browns players brought in fake vaccination cards because that would be a scandal. That would be the real scandal. And I don't know that the NFL is moving a game for a team that it knows has thirteen unvaccinated players. Steve, I don't think they're setting up that for themselves for when it comes out later from someone who's pissed off inside the Raiders organization and finds out, what do you mean they have a dozen players who are unvaccinated and the game got moved? The league's not going to open itself how, up to that. How crazy for me to suggest that the league covers things up. It's a lot easier for you to say the league <laughs> covers things up under this blanket idea of they've done shady crap in the past than to actually offer an idea of saying, okay, so how many players would have to be faking it for you to say that the NFL was covering this all up, right? Because what if I say 80% of players in the NFL are vaccinated? What if I say 70? If I say 60, does that change the equation at all? For me, it does, yeah. Yeah, I would like to know if there are, if there are, you know, 12, if half the players 
who have tested positive are unvaccinated. I think that's interesting. And I brought in the other element, which is we've gotten very loose with the safety protocols. And I know, you know, people got real, you know, mask fatigue. If you're walking around and you're talking up close to each other, that ain't helping the situation. If you're walking around maskless and you're not cleaning your facility, you're not cleaning yourself, you're sitting there doing close talker, that does contribute to the stuff. And I know there are people out there who are like, oh, it's bull crap. Like, I don't know, man. I, I'll tell you what. I was, I was told an interesting story last week that uh, someone had gotten COVID. The entire family had gotten COVID. And funny enough, the wealthy person, as their entire family got COVID and that person got COVID, the entire wait staff was all masked up. You know how many got it? Zero. So, I don't know, man. I agree in the, in the face of integrity for the game, you got to move it back. I do think we need a little more openness about the spread, about how careful people are being. If this isn't a wake-up call to everyone in the NFL, that you need to be doing everything you can to stay safe, and you're right, sometimes you're going to catch a bad break. Hell, two people I know have been safe as anyone out there, right? Adam Hill and one of our guests later on the show, they got it. So you can get it. You can run into bad luck. I just wonder if all of this is bad luck with the Rams, the football team, and the Browns. Is that fair to ask? It's absolutely fair to ask. And the problem for me comes back to you implying that the NFL is lying about vaccination rates. And that's because we're way off the reservation when it comes to that. You want to question and say, have people as a society, has an NFL team as an organization become lax with COVID protocols, the NFL damn well should investigate that because we have precedent for that. We have precedent for the NFL looking at an organization and saying, what do your protocols look like? That's what got the Raiders in trouble last year. Their protocols were being violated. They were having gala events for fundraisers that people weren't masked at. That absolutely deserves another look. But throwing out the idea of I just don't buy the va- the vaccination rates that the NFL is putting out there, cool. Let's let's take it all the way through the NBA. The NBA says ninety seven percent of its players are vaccinated. How many of them are lying? Are, like, do you want to send out the uh, the McCarthy squads here to try you, to find out who who's truly with the cause? You seem to be stuck on the I don't believe vaccination part of it. That that's not the main point here. I'm just telling you as a side note. I actually don't believe their numbers, but I'm. But my, it matters, my, right? My, my biggest thing here is the safety issue and many of us have gotten a lot looser you haven't right you're super careful um i have at times and you know what when i get it i'm gonna come right in here right after or if i can do the show and go my fault my fault it wasn't bad luck but, it was my fault but there are but so that, few people who will do that but that's just it it's not just a matter of that's the new reality we're moving into with this thing it's beyond were you lax or not Everything I'm reading, Washington Post, New York Times, talks about how this thing is so much more transmissible. There are already so many more breakthrough infections that, yes, it absolutely might have been that people were lax. But it also might have been that even people who tried to do the right thing within these organizations ended up catching COVID-19. And you know what? If they want to investigate the protocols, I'm with you. That is where our common ground is right here. I agree that any breach of protocols should be investigated. I'm just saying that I can't get with the idea of we're putting out fake vaccination rates. 
Um, I do like your point, which we really haven't gotten to yet, and we have about a minute to mention it here. We'll mention again. Um, getting infected isn't necessarily necessarily something that we should look at as you did something wrong, right? So I know you disagree with the path I'm going down. I partially agree with you. There are ways to, you know, you can be as safe as possible and you can still get it. That's why it's so hard to make blanket statements about what's going on with the Rams, with the football team, um, you know, with the Browns, uh, also with teams that don't have a whole lot of positive tests. It's a it's a very fluid situation right now, and there's a lot to be discussed here. Hell, Koken and I got into a real discussion, kind of like the players are doing right now around the NFL, about, you know, uh, should we be testing at the rate as high as we are? I know that's going to make your head explode. We'll hit all of that. Raiders game has been moved. Uh, Mark Davis ain't happy. Now it's the Raiders' job to make sure they stay focused, don't use this as a freaking crutch or an excuse, and in my mind, still take out a Browns team that is going to be very hobbled going into the game or at least not as prepared as it normally would be. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. If they increase testing, they're going to have more positive cases. That's what's led to having over 52 cases already in the month of December. Most of them come in the last couple weeks as uh, testing has increased. Remember last year, Scott, when the NBA postponed games in the first half, they hadn't scheduled the second half of the season. Well, it is scheduled now, and that makes postponements even more difficult. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Damn it! Feels like last Christmas, right? COVID raging through the sports world again. We got cancellations. We got postponements. Raiders are now playing the Browns on Monday. Mark Davis is pissed. Eagles, Seattle, they're both pissed because their games got moved to Tuesday. Meanwhile, college basketball is getting hit by it. Joe Esposito, the coach, is in with us. Coach Joe, what's up, buddy? What's that going to do to our uh, to our new uh, tournament here for the uh, football? I mean, our fantasy football. I mean, Coach Joe's son knows is right there in the race. I know. How sad is it? Eight-team playoff in like a 14-team league, and I don't freaking make it. So, pathetic. You were doing good for a while there. You kind of fell off. What happened? Uh, well, you know what? I, I actually kind of got screwed in uh, one, uh, one spot two weeks ago. I missed out because uh, Travis Kelsey was – Going head-to-head on my team against George Kittle. Kittle had 34 points. Kelsey had three. I am out. And then, of course, Kelsey goes off last night. Candy, did you miss the playoffs as the highest-scoring team in the league? Third highest-scoring team in the league did not make the playoffs. Fantasy football sucks. Sometimes, Joe, sometimes, Joe, it is about luck. So uh, jump in on, on the conversation Candy and I were having because it's a very complicated situation. Listen, we don't, we don't know exactly why uh, the new variant – um, is more contagious, uh, you know, how you can protect yourself. Um, and I was kind of, you know, railing on uh, doing the right thing and not doing the right thing. And we're seeing across college basketball now some programs are being shut down and uh, they're losing games. They're missing out on games. Well, it's definitely starting to hit hard again. And it's kind of getting concerning because, you know, there are a lot of things that are at stake. You know, when you look at the NCAA tournament, you know, the rule says if you're going to qualify for the NCAA tournament, you got to have 25 games. And now if we start missing games, they're going to turn that around. How are they going to do that? You know, there's no way the NCAA can miss out on this tournament after 2020 when they lost $600 million. Um, But I guess, like, there's so many things out there about this whole deal. You know, they do travel in private planes, but they're in regular hotels. Now, that's the big teams. You think about all the mid-majors and the lower Division I teams. You know, they're traveling 
just like anybody else throughout airports. I think people are getting a little bit more laxed. My own program here at the high school level, we got shut down this week. We had an opportunity on Tuesday to play the number one team in the state. Game got canceled because of COVID. And uh, it's all over. You know, Cleveland Browns, the whole deal with them and pushing back games and the NBA's canceled, NHL's canceled. And now with you guys losing the UCLA Carolina game, the Ohio State Kentucky game, it's just been a hard deal. So what can they do? You know, you got to be more attentive to it. But as I see college basketball teams, you know, right now, everything's all like as was, you know, they're huddling up, they're hugging each other, they're, they're high five, and they're not wearing masks on the bench. Coaches aren't wearing masks. There's so many things that can be tightened up, hopefully to help, because the situation really is in trouble. And it could cost a lot of, a lot of money later on in the year. So, Joe, we talked about this a little bit last year when it came to trying to figure out how are these pauses and these breaks going to affect teams? What do you think you saw come out of it last season when teams had to stop and start and stop and start? And what do you think you'll see this year? I mean, do you think anything could be adjusted from what they learned last year to make it less impactful this year? Well, you know, I think for the biggest part for schools is for the teams, it's the, the momentum. You know, not having your team there for practice. I went through it this week, you know, with four guys out. Um, you just lose the entire deal with your team, your practices, you know, running against, you know, your second team and drills. And, and everything you do just kind of changes. And it just brings like a lackadaisical approach to your practice because you don't know when you're going to get back. Your team's kind of concerned about how many games we're going to miss. And it just changes the whole mojo of your program. And there's a lot of teams out there you know, that are going through this and you can see the change, you know, you can see the change in the game, the change in the preparation, you don't know who they're playing, the scouting and just a whole lot of things are happening right now. And I don't know how it's going to be fixed. I really don't. I mean, you heard uh, coach uh, Martin over at South Carolina, you know, talk about his disgust with it because, you know, now you look at, we're doing the same things uh, we did before we even had the, the, the COVID, you know, everything's the same. Fans are all in the games. You know, you know, people aren't wearing masks. Everything's just the way it was. And I think that's why it's spreading. And now with this new variant, it seems like it's going to get even worse. So what is the idea of how are we going to make this better? I mean, that is the biggest question for athletic directors and college coaches and presidents and everybody else. How can we make it better? But it's going to have to start where people get a little bit more concerned and they start thinking like, hey, what can we do to help our program? And that's the first avenue they have to look at is what can we do for us joe esposito is with us former unlv assistant coach minnesota texas tech he's been everywhere all right well the, the crazy thing for ucla now is they're pausing all basketball activities into candy's point what does it do to your program next up for ucla after what having uh that's gonna be 13 days off 12 days off most of it with no basketball activity will be arizona good luck bruins yeah, it's going to be tough not being able to prepare, you know, your whole entire team. And and that's the whole point of it. You know, who, who who are you going to play against? And that's the whole thing when you start looking at guys trying to bet. You guys are in Vegas. People love to bet on college basketball. You don't even know who's going to be out there. Some kid may pick up COVID. They may play with 12 guys. They may play with seven guys. I mean, you don't even know how these teams are going to be and who's going to be part of the team. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough on the games. It really is. It's not going to give us a true read right now on who is the best college basketball team because we're not going to know really where we're at until they start playing at full strength. So I know Mick Cronin went down with it. He's in, he's in quarantine right now. I'm not sure how many of their players are, but it's going to be tough for that team to get some momentum going into Arizona, who is 
arguably one of the best teams in the country. You know, they're number yep. one in the net. They've already got three quad one wins, sitting at ten and zero. And I told you last week, they're going to be a team that's going to make it pretty far. Well, Arizona is one of the big surprise stories. I think people thought there'd be a little bit of a, a step backwards without Miller. Iowa State brings in T.J. Otzelberger, and they're ten and zero. The Cyclones have already beaten Xavier or Xavier, uh, Memphis, Iowa, Creighton. Uh, they've had success with some big transfers. This has been quite a run. And by the way, now let's look at Iowa State, and we'll see what happens with Iowa State and COVID if they suffer a shutdown. Remember last year with Otts at the helm of UNLV, UNLV went down for about a month. Yeah, they did, you know, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, hey, you got to give him credit. I mean, he's doing a great job there. You know, he just feels like he's in his wheelhouse. I think Iowa State is a little bit different than UNLV. And, you know, last year Iowa State was 2-22. and They're picked last in the Big 12. He gets that great Brockington transfer, who who's a heck of a player. Uh, and you pick up a couple of good transfers, and all of a sudden, you know, the, your whole direction of your team goes in a different way. So, you know, he'll have some tough games coming up here in the near future. I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out for him. But right now, everything's been going his way, and he's sitting there at 10-0. and And sometimes the transfer game, the recruiting game, it's the line is that fine, right? So Otz nails it this year with a couple of really good transfers last year. You look at the transfers, you look at the people he brought into the program, Donovan Yap, Nick Blake, Moses Wood, Jalen Martinez, David Jenkins, Caleb Grill, Devin Tillis, Isaac uh, Lindsay, and a lot of those guys didn't work out. Obviously, they've all gone elsewhere, so you kind of wonder what the gap was last year in terms of him putting together that runner Rebel team. You know, when you put those transfers out there, it is a crapshoot. I mean, no question about it. You know, just like when you recruit freshmen. I mean, it's always going to be a crapshoot. Who's going to fit? Who's not going to fit? I mean, you look at the kid Marcus Carr at Texas. At Minnesota, he's averaging almost 20 a game. Five assists, he's averaging nine and four. And he's really struggling. You know, shooting 38% from the field. He just got benched last game. Um, he didn't start the game. You know, and Chris Beard's a different kind of guy to play for mm-hmm. than a uh, Patino. I mean, Patino's going to let you get away with a lot more. And Beard's going to have the reins on you. So... You know, when you're making that transfer move, you just never know what it's going to be like. Same thing with the Remy Martin kid from ASU. He leaves here, he goes to Kansas, and now his uh, numbers are down from 19 to 10 uh, points a game. I mean, so it kind of goes both ways. There's some guys that are playing great. Like the kid, look at Jamison Battle. He was a kid that was a George Washington. You know, not very highly publicized program. He goes to Minnesota, he's averaging 18 and 7. So it can go both ways. I think, you know, sometimes you get lucky, but it is a crapshoot. When you play around with the transfer portal and you mess around with transfers, you're never going to get. And remember, a lot of these people that are using the transfer portal, they may bring in too many guys. And you can only play with so many guys in one basketball. And when you have seven guys that transfer in, all seven of those guys think they're going to be the guy. So it's going to take a lot of good coaching, a lot of good ego stroking, a lot of figuring out how we're going to play with this kind of group. And hopefully it'll work for him. And some guys are going to do great with the transfer portal, and some guys are going to struggle. Early returns on the transfer portal on the positive side also include what Richard Patino got and is doing right now at New Mexico with both Jamal Mashburn Jr. and Jalen House, who was uh, you know in your neighborhood. And both of those guys have jumped up, and they're averaging like 35 points a game combined. No question. And, and you know, they just got in a better situation. You know, just think about playing for Rick, uh, Rick, uh, Rich Patino, Richard, and pl- playing for Bobby Hurley. I mean, you know, one's just the in-your-throat-the-whole-time guy. You know, one's going to let you play through your mistakes. And I and I think that happens. And, and I think Mashburn, 
I mean, he just felt comfortable with Patino. So now he's still comfortable. He was in Minnesota with him. Obviously, his dad had a big-time relationship with his father, who played for him, the Monster Mash in Kentucky. And now you're looking at a situation where he's comfortable again, he's playing well, and and they're probably the two best players at New Mexico. So it does go both ways. You know, Wake Forest took a kid from Oklahoma, Indiana State, and those two kids are shining for Wake Forest. So it'll be interesting to see how that transfer portal goes, but they're not going to be able to play very well in the transfer portal if they have COVID. So we'll see how the COVID thing mixes with it. Let's hit a couple of big games tomorrow. Uh, What do you think of Villanova and Creighton? Check that. That's tonight. That's that's tonight. That's tonight. That's tonight. That's tonight. Villanova hasn't really impressed me as much. Um, I've enjoyed watching Creighton. I think they score in bunches. So I like Creighton's team. I really do. And like and like we said before, there are some teams that have been surprises. You know, no one really thought Purdue was going to be as good as they are. And if your boy doesn't hit that shot uh, at Rutgers from half court, I mean, they're sitting at ten and zero. They beat some quality programs. They've been kind of a surprise, you know. And in LSU, I know they played a watered down schedule. They're ten and zero, but uh, it's going to change here starting December 29th. We have to play Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee back to back to back. And if they can win those games, then they are for real. So. There's a lot of good games out there and a lot of good teams, and hopefully it'll be as exciting as it always has been, and this COVID won't ruin anything. Gonzaga, Texas Tech? I'm going to Zags. Even though I got a Texas Tech jersey two feet from me right now, I'm going to Zags. I like their inside game. I like the way they've been playing. I know that they're going to be hungry to play out here in the West Coast, so I'm going to take the Zags. What about Xavier Marquette? Marquette's been playing better. They only won at Kansas State. I kind of like I kind of like Marquette. I like the way Shock has got him going. He's got him believing. So I'm going to take Marquette now. One boy, oh boy! You talk about a team that needs to win a big game, and you know they're uh, they're in Eugene for this one. Oregon taking on your guys from Baylor. Yeah, you know the boys from Baylor. You know I'm still going to stick with them. I'm just you know I just really love the way they've they've played. I love their mojo. You know, and just think about Oregon. They've been blown out by Houston, BYU, St. Mary's. I mean, they turned the ball over incredible amounts. I mean, they've probably been one of the most disappointing programs this season. And typically, you know, those guys out in Vegas that do their betting, they love betting on Oregon. That's a team you got to stay away from this year. Don't bet on Florida State either. Florida State's another team. They're 6-4. and four. They lost to South Carolina. You know, they, they beat BYU. Not BYU, I'm sorry. They beat Boston University by one. They're shooting 34% from the field. I wouldn't bet on Florida State if my life depended on it. And Virginia... They can't shoot it at all. 30% from three, that's the worst it's been for Tony Bennett. So if you're betting on college basketball, you better really do some research and not just pick up your phone and start clicking buttons. I should have jumped on Baylor for the national title. you got to be surfing this the whole season. When teams go down a little bit, all of a sudden the odds are going to drop. They were 17-1 to to win the national title last week. Baylor is now the sixth choice overall at 12-1. to Yeah, I could see that going down and down. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm a huge Baylor fan, as you know. I've been believing in them for the last three years. I love the way they're coached. I love how hard they play. But it's going to be tough, I mean, because there are some really good teams like the Arizonas out there, like we talked about. And there'll be some surprises. And and don't count out Kansas. I mean, Kansas is a team that, you know, hasn't played the hardest of schedules. They're number four in the net. And they just play at a fast pace, boy. If you watch Kansas now, and I had the opportunity to play against them, you know, for three years when I was at Texas Tech, I'm telling you, they're way more athletic. They play extremely fast. They've got a bunch of guys on their team that really can push the ball up the floor. You've got to guard those suckers, and they're going to be good. So I think Kansas is going to be a team that's going to sneak up there here in, in, in the meantime 
and watch them out for that for that run at the late. Joe, you're the man. Let's uh, let's try to hook up next week before Christmas. Appreciate the spot. Appreciate the info. Okay. Great talking to you guys. See you soon. There he is. Coach Joe. Coach Joe. Coming up. We'll check in uh, on the Urban Meyer situation again from the legal standpoint. Is there something that's going to be cooking from a lawsuit standpoint with the Jags, with Urban Meyer, with Josh Lambeau? Uh, This could be a freaking mess. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Tonight when I checked back in, I was told, don't say anything definitive. The situation is so fluid, and that's because we continue to see guys getting added to the list. Now, what the NHL and NHLPA did yesterday was they enhanced their protocols. Guys aren't excited about it, but the league feels like this is what they need during this challenging stretch to get through. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studios. So this is Christmas. Emily Kaplan, ESPN, NHL, dealing with lots of COVID issues, NBA, NFL. We got games moving. It's been a complete freaking mess. Uh, As of right now, if the Browns and Raiders had to play today, the Browns would actually be missing 11 starters. They've moved the game back. Mark Davis is mad. A lot of Raiders fans are mad. Candy and I were arguing over it earlier. Xavier Pope is in because we wanted to get into some legal issues, especially with the Jaguars. But, Xavier, we're still dealing with COVID. Yeah, including yours truly, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's bad news uh, to the audience because if they don't follow you, he, I mean, you've you're uh, you're vaccinated and you have been hit hard by this for like what five days? Yeah, this is day five on quarantine for me. The first day hit heavy. Uh, I just had the chills and I had a fever. The next couple of days, just just you know, mostly light congestion and but the bubble gut, man, the diarrhea like crazy. And today has been the best day. Uh, The porcelain god has been knowing my name all day. Oh, no. Uh, I know, man. So I'm, like, drinking a lot of electrolytes right now. Um, I've got a lot of crackers and just, just, you know, I took some Imodium AD right now. Um, Omicron uh, increased sevenfold in the last couple days. It is not to be played with right now. It is going ham. Are you mad at yourself for traveling? Because you hadn't traveled forever. We talked to you. You went to Miami. Uh, yeah. I assume you did the right thing because you're pretty vigilant on the freaking masking stuff. So yeah, how, I mean, how are you feeling now about your trip? I mean, it, listen, the, actually, so we look at the, some of the cases that have been surging the Midwest. Um, the Omicron is, is surging through the Midwest right now um, and different parts. And now it's now getting to the Northeast. We see New York cases are surging. So Omicron is all over this country, uh, and it is extremely highly contagious, uh, and that's why we're seeing so many cases in, in the professional sports right now. It is absolutely, we have a COVID wave that's happening, and really we're all connected. Unless we have some sort of lockdown again, um, it's going to be ra- raging through our country. I mean, I, I, I withstood traveling until until recently, and I was mad, I was double back, and I was set to get the booster the day after my symptoms happened. So, I mean, I did the best I possibly could, man. It, I definitely, in Florida, the, definitely, the, the, the rules were definitely a little bit more, a lot, a lot, a little bit more, a lot more lax than they were in Chicago. Um, and I did my, I feel like I've done my part to make society safer. And I, unfortunately, you know, I have COVID. I mean, I feel like everyone at some point will get COVID, but it, it, it's a matter of whether we all get vaccinated and get get boosted so that we can lessen it and bring and push it to the, to the, to be less severe like the flu has been. And COVID will never go away. You all never, 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 ever, ever, ever. We have to remember that the flu has been around for a hundred years. 
COVID's going to be doing the same thing, it looks like. Xavier Pope, legal analyst, expert on everything, as we always say. Uh, suit up news. He's out of Chicago. So the NFL moves three games for you. Is the angle that the NFL did right by player safety or the NFL just rewarded teams that were sloppy with COVID protocols? I think it may be a combination of both. You see some players are pressing on the lead to get rid of protocols altogether. But I just think that we also saw with the NFL talked about this summer, if unvaccinated players contributed to a, a postponing or rescheduling of games, then that would lead to some sort of forfeit. So I think a lot of people are getting hung up on the fact that the league is a moved game, but a lot of the players that have been coming down with COVID, they're vaccinated, Steve. And so it's one of these things where the, the NFL, the NFLPA, um, negotiated to have these games move without anyone forfeiting and, and teams losing, uh, have their players lose, losing game checks as just an unavoidable outcome of this crazy Omicron that just infected our shores. It just this week in my building, we've had three different alerts saying this one had COVID in the building. It's one of these things that we just don't know about this pandemic with constant variants are happening. We're living in a time that we just don't know what to predict. This, this, this sports, this is just to be tip of the iceberg for sports, by the way. This is just this week, Steve. Who knows what's going to happen after Christmas? Xavier, I've been trying to say something like that to Steve for the whole show to say you know, he's talking about, well, were they lax on protocols, right? I'm not even sure it matters anymore. I'm not sure when there are people like you out there who are vaccinated and masked and we have a league with the NFL that has 90 plus percent of players who are vaccinated. I don't know that we can say anymore that someone did right or did wrong. This seems like it's moving beyond that. Yeah, I think it might be some partial combination of both. We also still have a, 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 a still a large unvaxxed portion of our society. Yes. That is allowing some of the variants to be able to easily kind of get through society. But there's also a, a, where it's just impossible when we are all still trying to move around with a very highly contagious variant that's going around. Absent shutting down sports, which we did absent lockdowns, absent bubbles, um, then we are in a situation where we are attempting to get ahead of something that is, is frankly smarter than we are. Xavier Pope is with us here on this Friday. It's Candy. It's Cofield. Cofield and company. All right, let's get to a very important legal story, or maybe there's no importance to it at all and there's nothing here. Is or are there lawsuit possibilities with the Jaguars, Urban Meyer, Josh Lambeau, you know, whatever way, you know, the, the Jags and Urban Meyer battling over uh, his monies and Josh Lambeau saying, you know what, uh, the organization knew about this. Urban Meyer uh, did the action. Now my career might be over. I want damages. Yeah, I think if you're Josh Lambeau, uh, first of all, getting kicked by your coach is cause for the trope Spreewell a P.J. Carlissimo action <laughs> yeah. in the eyes of many athletes, by the way. Uh, you're going to kick a grown man? Well, imagine what he was doing that maybe not have been covered in terms of when he was coaching college, number one. Number two, uh, if you're kicking a player, that, that goes beyond what's happening on the field. That is an assault, uh, which is a criminal act, and is definitely lit uh, litigious. I mean, action that could be taken by 
uh, Urban Meyer. And if the team knew about this, this puts them on the hook as well. This goes beyond the scope of coaching a player. Uh, this goes, and then Urban Meyer himself, this puts them in a position that if he's fighting back and forth with the team, well, that's a four cause in your contract. Getting fired over because your team wasn't good, those are, that, those are things that are pretty standard across the board, and you still get paid under the conditions of your contract, barring some sort of uh, interesting loophole that may be, may be in a contract, maybe a terrible agent by a coach, by, by a coach. Uh, but if you're kicking a player, that's for a cause. That is something that goes beyond the scope of wins and losses, uh, X's and O's. They are assaulting a player, and potentially a, a team could say, we're not going to pay you. Now, will the team go through the legal expense of, of, of dealing with a, a, a coach on a, a matters like that? We don't know, but I think that uh, he's, Urban Meyer certainly put himself in that position. And this is the worst coached season by any coach possibly in the history of the National Football League. Forget about Rich Kotite. Forget about in 2017 Browns, the 2008 Lions, 1976 Bucks, uh, Rich McKay. This is potentially the worst season in the history of the National Football League. Xavier, the reports that I've read have said that the front office of the Jaguars might have known about the kicking as far back as August. Does that do anything to their ability to fire him for cause in December? Uh, well, that that is a really great question, and I think that it, to me, I mean, it 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 makes them look worse in terms of how it looks in terms of the uh, Josh Lambeau. Um, if they kept them on after that, now. Uh, Maybe the team could come around and say, hey, we had to do some more. We knew about it, but we had to maybe do some more investigation around it. Um, that may be a reason to, to do it. But we saw some of the statements by Shad Khan, who said that he brought up, uh, we thought we, he gave, uh, Urban, uh, Urban Meyer gave some insurances that he would change some of his behavior and some of these different things. That goes, seems to kind of goes against the narrative that you maybe didn't know these things were happening if you were giving some further assurances of future actions that would take place. So what actions did Urban Meyer take that would be a poor cause other than losing more games that would have triggered some this poor cause provision? So I think that's where the, the, the gray and wiggle room is right there, and I think that that makes the, 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 the Jacksonville Jaguar case harder to say that, hey, we're, we didn't fire him for a cause. So that's a great question. Let's close on a nice positive note when, while we can, while we have good stories. Um, I don't know if you saw the videos of Tiger and his son playing golf together. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of cool to see Tiger back. My God, I wish, uh, I won't say it. I was going to say I wish my, uh, my dad had the genes of Tiger Woods and I was talented. Um, but this kid, I mean, I, who knows if he's going to turn out to be a great golfer, but his swing is Ridiculous. But what a good story, Tiger Woods coming back from, you know, essentially pulverizing his leg. Yeah, that's a great story. Uh, Tiger Woods has come back a couple of times, uh, and uh, him coming back and getting, getting a swing together and then having a son that gave, gave him the genes that he has. But we just saw Steph Curry uh, break three-point record, great genes from his dad, who uh, was a great three-point shooter, Dale Curry of himself. But you saw you know, King Griffey Sr., King Griffey Jr., great genes, <laughs> made the kid a uh, a great a baseball player in his own right. So uh, we also see LeBron James, his son, is jumping out of the gym uh, and Bronny. So 
Uh, having great genes could be really helpful. Whether he turns out to be one of the best golfers ever, uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, he has a good start so far, it looks like. Xavier, feel better. We appreciate you coming on. By the way, if you've got a little time, and it sounds like you do while you're being quarantined, you're lying about Urban Meyer being one of the worst one-year coaches in the history of the NFL. Go look up 1976 Jets and Lou Holtz and think about Lou Holtz and Urban Meyer lecturing all of us all the time about character and dedication and loyalty and leadership, and you'll have yourself a good laugh. Lou Holtz, Jets, 1976. Consider it down, my friend. Yes, yes. All right, feel better. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you. Have a good one. Sucks, man. He's been uh, He's been busted up all week long. Four o'clock hour is on the way. We're going to check in with our Raiders insider, Stanford Route. I'm sure he'll give us some feelings and uh, what he thinks about the uh, Browns getting a little break here, getting a little break here, but the NFL did have to do it from a safety standpoint. And that said, who knows who the Browns will actually have back on Monday. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. It's your favorite show of the year on Cofield and Company, Festivus. These guys can be good at their job, but they seem to choose to be jack wagons most of the time with the opinion and all the better than you, smarter than you attitudes. And Steve, you got to be better than that, man. Come on, you got to find better guys who don't just make you look good because they look like idiots. Next Wednesday, during Cofield and Company, call in to give the guys the business on ESPN Las Vegas.